And good evening, everyone. This is John from Partners in Health, Sierra Leone. Today is Wednesday, April 15th. Two new coronavirus cases were confirmed last night, bringing the total number of cases in the country up to 13. All patients are in stable condition at the military hospital. Today, we're going to be joined by Aisata Dimboya in Kono, who is our reproductive, maternal, and child health program manager. Isata is going to be talking a little bit about the impact that coronavirus is having on maternal health services in Kono and some updates about the Maternal Center of Excellence planning. Um, also, just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to these updates. If you have ideas about future guests we can have on this update, please let me know. Send me an email, jlasher at pih.org, and we'll be happy to schedule those in in the upcoming days and weeks ahead. I hope everyone's doing well. And now to Aisata. Hey. Hey, Aisata, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Okay, hi everybody. I'm Aisata Jumbuya, and I'm the RMNCH lead for Partners in Health in Sierra Leone. Um, I've been doing this job now for about, since June, 2018. I'm still loving every minute of it. It's challenging, it's exciting. No two days are the same. Um, some days you make more gains than losses, and the other days um, nothing seems to go right. But every day I come into work uh, determined to do the best that I can and to support the staff that I'm working with, both the PIH staff and the Ministry of Health staff, to also do the best that they can in terms of patient care, to give of their very best, and to just help the um, women and babies of Connor District to get the best and most po uh, positive pregnancy outcome that they can. And um, the care that we, we try to give is intended to not just save lives, um, but also to improve their whole reproductive journey to just make it special and um, different from anything they've ever experienced before to encourage them to come back. Every time we speak, I'm reminded how lucky we are that you're part of our, part of our team now. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So what impacts has the coronavirus pandemic had on maternal health in Kono District at Wellbody Clinic and at Koidu Government Hospital? Right. So, like uh, most other departments in the hospital, we did see a reduction in the number of women that came in, both sort of for antenatal care, primarily for antenatal care, because I guess they're probably thinking, this is not an emergency, I'm well, and I would rather save myself a journey into the hospital, because there was a lot of... Um, uncertainty and fear around coronavirus. So the messages that were going out there was don't go to the hospital. Women who might want to come for antenatal checks were being told don't come. What we also saw in the initial periods at least was that we had um, women that did come into the labor ward were usually ones that were much further along in their labor than we would like. So we didn't have a lot of time to monitor them. So if things went wrong, we didn't have the 
preparation time that we usually get to make sure that we can um, put interventions in place to have a better outcome. So they were coming in in critical stages. They were coming in pretty late. They come in late most of the time, but this was just getting later, and there were fewer of them. So for the first couple of weeks, what we saw was that almost every woman that came in ended up with um, a cesarean section because her labor had progressed so far along and it wasn't positive. And these women were also, for the most part, referrals from brought in from the PHU by the ambulance. So we saw a reduction in women who would actually voluntarily work in. So if she came in, she was either referred from some other place, including from the antenatal clinic across the road, very rarely, or maybe she lives locally and she's been at home and the labor hasn't progressed as well as they would have wanted, so they've had no choice but to bring her into the hospital. Now, it's beginning to improve. We started seeing more numbers come in. The antenatal clinics, especially at Wellbody, the numbers have started to increase. But yesterday was clinic day and we had near enough the same amount of numbers. It looks you're scared. We're also scared. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty around COVID, but these are the things that we do know. And these are the things, the measures that we do know that we can put in place to hopefully help prevent the spread. But what we don't want is you and your fear of COVID preventing you from coming into the hospital to access normal services that would improve your health outcomes and prevent you from um, having other morbidities that have nothing to do with COVID. So your fear of COVID should not stop you from coming into the hospital and getting the treatment that you need and getting the care that you need. We're getting more women coming, relatives that coming into the hospital are, they seem happier about staying over the three day lockdown. Maternity probably had the most um, non inpatient people in and around there because almost everybody that came with their relatives had to end up staying in as well. But we we made it as good as we could possibly make it for them and just had them try to understand what, what is COVID. So that, that was a great teaching opportunity for us as well. And by the time they left, hopefully they took the right message around and are spreading that within their communities as well. And have you been, I know previously before coronavirus, you were going out to the different chiefdoms around Kono District to educate uh, community leaders and families uh, about the services that are available at KGH and at Wellbody Clinic. Have you been doing any outreach since the coronavirus uh, epidemic started? And if so, um, what have you been sharing? Yeah, so I was really lucky to be um, part of the um, to me, um, um, CPH program to go out there and to talk to people when they were doing all the engagements with, um, with the community health workers and some other members of the clinical team. So I was able to go to um, four chiefdoms, which was really good. I mean, partly because I'd been there before, but it was it was great that you could see some of the um, same people that we talked to before and just explaining to them step by step what is um, coronavirus, what is the impact that it's having all over the world. So just for them to understand that we are not alone in this and um, what other people have been going through and how we are preparing and doing everything we can to try and minimize the, the risk and the, the um, potential for us 
experiencing the same level of infections and deaths that other countries have been doing. And also just trying to get people to understand that you, the hospital is still open, the PHUs are still open, we're still working as usual, we're still open for business. And we want your, your women, your children, the adults all over, sick people, please come to the hospital, come for your checks as usual. We will isolate you, we would um, test you, and we will treat you if necessary. Yes, people are dying from this disease, but there are a lot more people that are surviving than are dying. So just having that interaction, it allayed a lot of the people's fears. I mean, it was the stakeholders that were there, the handouts that we took, they were able to look through them. It generated a lot of questions. They seemed to understand a lot more about um, COVID by the time we were done and were willing to take the message forward and say that right now we know we, we are also less fearful and we will let our people know and encourage them to say you have to come to the hospital. Kono District in Sierra Leone, as a country, has a lot of experience with fighting an outbreak um, because of the Ebola outbreak. And so communities uh, in and around Kono District and the country as a whole are better informed about how to prevent the spread of an infectious disease exactly. than many communities in America or the United Kingdom. Yep. 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 <laughs> this is so true because even when we started talking and relating um, back to Ebola and you remember what it was like. You remember what you guys went through. You remember what you did to be able to arrest it and all the things, that, all the measures that were put in place. So let's just go back to that way of thinking. Let's just go back to that way of behavior. Let's just do our social distancing again. Putting all those measures back in place. I went with a CHO, different CHO each day, and each one of these guys had actually worked within the um, chief them that we went to during Ebola time. So they remembered these CHOs and they were able to relate to that and they brought it back home to them to say, right, we just have to put that hat back on again and think that together we can help to make this um, situation better for ourselves. But we all have to work at this together and everybody has to do their own part. Um, a couple of weeks ago, even before we had the lockdown, there was a marked reduction. You, you would come into the government hospital and there's usually a crowd of people out by the um, triage area there's a crowd of people by the outpatients um, some are patients some are waiting some of the company patients that stopped patients were still the few that had to come in were the ones that had no choice and when they came in they came in with one person usually the average rate of accompaniment is three people per patient they were coming in with one one person at a time and they were trying to get out as soon as they possibly could. It's getting better. We're, we're almost back to normal. So it, it, it's good to see that they're willing to come back. I mean, we still have to try and get the message around, uh, across about still social distancing and um, not coming around to the hospital area if you don't need to. But at least the patients are walking back in and um, are seeking care which is one of the things that we said the most, that one of the, the, the fallout of fallout this, people are not going to come to the hospital. And when they do come, they're going to be critically sick and we're going to have more and more um, poor outcomes. Yeah, and that was the same during Ebola, too. Most people in yeah. Sierra Leone never had Ebola, but were dying from lack of access to clinical care for things like malaria and tuberculosis and HIV mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. car accidents and all the things that were affecting uh, people even before Ebola in this country. Mm -hmm. 
uh, if you have information on that. Uh, is there any special training for RMNC? I never can get the acronym right. <laughs> Reproductive maternal and child. Like, <laughs> Are there any special trainings for reproductive? Every time I'm like, someone's gonna ask me, what, what do you do? I'm like, oh no, not this. this is, I always check myself. That's, that's why I had. <laughs> that's why I had to introduce yourself at the beginning because I can never remember. I'm gonna all think of up a new title and let you all know. Like, yeah, I think this is what I want to be called now. Maternal health czar. I'll call you that. Yeah. Right. So in terms of training, what we've done with the maternity staff, they've been. Um, a part of the core hospital training, but more and more now with regards to um, prevention and what we what we are doing as the clinical team and working. What have we done is devise something that goes hand in hand with the triage system because, um, like almost everywhere, when people see a pregnant woman, even if she got a broken toe. She had to go to the maternity because that's where they deal with pregnant women. So it's trying to get them to understand that at the triage, this is the first point of entrance, you need to screen everyone. Whether she's pregnant or not, you would still need to automatically, if she has the symptoms, then don't send her to maternity. Screen her and go through the normal procedure, which is we start thinking about we need to get this patient isolated. We need to call in um, the assessment team so they can check, move the patient to the isolation ward, and we would rather see a pregnant um, woman with symptoms in isolation so that we reduce the risk of um, spreading to the other patients that are within the unit. So it, it was more about reassuring the staff to say that these are the symptoms. This is what you're looking for. Sierra Leone has the highest maternal mortality rate in the world. Our plans and strategies to radically reduce maternal mortality include expanding Koidu Government Hospital's campus and building a maternal center of excellence. And mm -hmm. I know there are many people around the United States and the world uh, who have contributed to helping us realize that vision of the maternal center of excellence. Um, what would you say to those supporters um, who may be worried about COVID-19 um, and its impact on maternal health in Sierra Leone and, and how this is impacting planning and execution of the Maternal Center of Excellence? Right. First off, I'd like to say a huge thank you to everyone who has contributed in whatever way to making the dream um, becoming a gradual reality for us to build a maternal sense of excellence in Kono. This is something that is much needed. Um, our maternity system at the moment works. It works well, but it's already um, overused. There's a lot of things that we know we could do better, given the space, given the equipment, given all the extra staff. So we, we're doing the best we can now, but we know that we have bigger and better things to do. And being able to build that maternity center of excellence is it's beyond beyond anything any of us could either ever imagine and a proper dream come true. This is not something we've been working on this for almost three years, four years now. And um, every day, every day, we make closer and closer strides towards the reality of this happening. Even now with COVID, yes, this is the foremost thing, not just in um, Sierra Leone and Kono in the whole world at the moment. So it's a reality that we all have to find a way to deal with. But there will be life 
after COVID. The maternal mortality in Sierra Leone still continues to deteriorate despite COVID. And until we get more and more structured systems in place, like the Center of Excellence, it will still continue to deteriorate. What we're doing is we're still pushing forward with our plan for making the um, maternal center of excellence become a reality. We're still um, realigning our plans. We're, we're checking to make sure that everything, and in fact, with COVID, we're getting more and more ideas about things that we um, perhaps hadn't um, um, thought about or hadn't put very high on the list of um, agenda priorities in terms of the planning. We're now having to move forward with those. So we're, we're thinking about, right, we need more isolation units. We need, we need more um, staff trained in high dependency care. We're going to need more equipment so that if in the future, whether it's COVID or anything similar that you know that you need um, a more critical care intervention for pregnant women, we need to build that in there. We're having our weekly meetings about what else um, we need to think about in terms of this and sharing it with the staff, getting the staff on. Everyone is still super excited, um, enthused and sold into the idea of um, maternal center of excellence. COVID has raised our awareness to the fact that um, should it come here, our pregnant women and our babies would be particularly vulnerable and at risk. So even more reason for us to keep on planning how to reduce that risk to them and how with our, our center of excellence entering factors that will make sure that we can um, deal with any future outbreak or any future um, um, incidences that will have an equally uh, negative impact on maternal health. Yeah. And, you know, emergencies have a way of commanding our attention. Maternal mortality in Sierra Leone has been an emergency for decades for women yeah. uh, and children in this country. Um, and so, you know, reminders that the work of health system strengthening, the work you're doing every day um, to improve systems for maternity care in the epicenter of maternal death, that is an emergency response that we're doing. Yeah. And so um, I think you put, it, you put it beautifully that the work is continuing and that it never was put on pause. What are some of the standout improvements you've seen in the maternity wards? and in reproductive and maternal and child health care in Kono since you arrived? And yeah, what's, what's keeping you motivated and energized during this moment? Oh gosh, there's so much, Jen. Um, I remember when I first started here in like a long time ago now, 2018, and the difference um, from then to now, first off with the staff motivation, um, staff, and we've had a few additional new staff, but most of them were the same ones that I've met there when I first started. They, they now come to work because they really want to. They come in determined to do a great job. They come in also determined to enjoy doing their job. This week, um, we're doing um, a week's training for because we open up um, a high dependency unit in um, maternity. This is also something new. We are able to look after critically ill women in a dedicated place with staff that are now happy to come to the training. So it's just the, the, 
when the staff, the level of motivation, the, the pride that they take in their work, the um, interest that they take in, a woman should not die in pregnancy. She should not die when she comes to give birth. This is not something that we should just take lightly anymore. This is something that we should fight to prevent. And this is something that we should do everything with the resources that we have, with the knowledge that we have, with the finances that we have, to try and prevent it from happening. Yeah, I mean, that transformation of going from having no resources and not being yeah. able to intervene to save a woman's life that would otherwise live if they were living in London or New York. Yeah. Um, and now to have resources available and training and supplies and electricity and a blood bank. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, Isata, thank you so much for taking time. You're a hero. And I'm sure we'll talk again um, throughout the COVID response and, and maybe some additional updates on the general maternal health program. Okay, Joe, thanks very much. Great talking to you too. Talk to Take you soon. Easy. Tomorrow, we'll be back with some mental health tips, how to stay resilient during the coronavirus epidemic. We'll be talking to Malina, who leads the mental health program at PIH Sierra Leone. Hope everyone's having a great week, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah.